When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Joe, the Fightful.com post-show podcast is live. Holy smokes. It is now Sunday, November 5th in what I can only think, perhaps boldly say, the best UFC pay-per-view event in in 2000. Oh, that's just a reverb. Sorry about that. Uh, the best show of 2017. A- am I wrong on that? I'm going to go ahead and call it the most momentous UFC event possibly of all time. Three title fights, three champions, all of which were served some humble pie, some humility, some karma gods got to them, three new champions, craziness happening in New York. Even the Bellator show was fantastic. I mean, what a great weekend for mixed martial arts. I mean, where do you want to begin? Because, I mean, obviously, I don't want to be biased, and it's the main event, and it's a Canadian thing, and George St. Pierre is back. He's the middleweight champion. But Rose Namajunas just well, did what she did. Like, okay, holy. let's start with Ryan Bader, Linton Vassell. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll let people kind of accumulate. Here's what we'll do. We'll start with the main card. We'll talk about these first two fights on the main card. And then as people get in the room, they're ready. People are still finding our show. It's a big night. We'll move on to the title fights. And if there's anything on the prelims we want to touch on, we'll touch on it. Uh, new, new middleweight contender, or at least a new, new, some new blood in uh, the middleweight division, who I expect to lose a little bit of that blood come Monday because USADA is going to be knocking at Boracina's door. He is a large individual for 185 pounds. Oh, yeah. Holy smokes. Now, I, I, I kind of felt weird watching that fight with Johnny Hendricks only because, I mean, you and I have spoken about it for a while. Uh, welcome to the, you know, Paula Costa party, ladies and gentlemen, who watched yeah. him for the first time tonight, perhaps. And like, holy smokes, this guy's awesome. Uh, we've been saying it since day one. Uh, the very first time, very first time I saw him compete, not on the Ultimate Fighter, but when he actually made his official octagon debut uh on a brazil card uh, i actually texted elias theodore and i'm like uh did you see this kid fight because you may want to p- pay attention to him and i think elias's reaction was basically like well yeah he's got you know he's a young kid he's very very good uh but he's gonna be and he's gonna have he, he doesn't even need to watch out for the fighting game like for the modeling and the romance novel cover game he's got to watch out for porcina yeah I mean, th- this kid looks absolutely fantastic. And, and I hope he wouldn't take it the wrong way when I tweeted, like, don't blink in this fight. It wasn't an insult to Johnny Hendricks. It was more of a um, a praise for Paulo because the kid's absolutely amazing. He can end a fight at any time. So good for him. He looked fantastic. But, yeah, he looked uh, kind of jacked there. Yeah. Yo, hey, if, if that's him, 
if that's all him, good for him. But uh, Johnny Hendricks put out the pasture, and I believe what is his last UFC fight on his contract. So I get the feeling uh, <laughs> he may fit into that Bellator 205-pound division pretty well. That's terrible. That is absolutely <laughs> terrible. But I hear what you're saying. Listen, man, you got to give you got to give Johnny Hendricks credit though, because that guy took an ass whooping and he just kept coming and coming and going and going and just not backing up until you know finally it was over in the second round. But at the same time, it wasn't like he was just being like he didn't pussy out. If that makes sense, he <laughs> no, went out on his shield. Swinging, good for him. Yeah, you know, I'd like to say off on a bad foot, but I mean, the way he showed up at weigh-ins yesterday and he was like already making excuses for missing weight and he didn't miss weight. I think that perfectly sums up the last couple of years of Johnny Hendricks UFC career is that he apologized for not missing weight. Irony. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, Costa is a, let's be real. He's a good looking dude. He's from Brazil. We spoke about that on the last show about how, there is this sudden resurgence in Brazilian talent in the UFC, and uh, they've got a lot of guys that they can market there. I would look for the UFC to put a lot more shows on there now. Uh, they're going to they're gonna storm that Brazilian market, or I would at least. If I'm WME IMG and I see this, I take a look and I think, okay, i got a lot of guys there now, a lot of young guys. Put them in high-profile bouts, let them roll, let them, let them keep going. Uh, quick plug, guys, Fightful.com, if you're just checking out this show. Fightful.com is your place for MMA, pro wrestling, boxing news. We do these post shows all the time. I do news update videos on this YouTube channel all the time. Subscribe to us. Leave us a thumbs up. All that stuff really helps. Fightful.com is your go-to for interviews, podcasts, exclusives. We have forums over there. I want to talk to you all in the forums. I want your suggestions for the site. If there's a type of coverage that you all want that we don't have, let us know on the forums. We'll take care of it. We'll make it happen. We want to build whatever you all want in an MMA, wrestling, and boxing site. Carlos Toro at the Bar- Barclays Center tonight to watch uh, Deontay Wilder practically kill a man, from what I understand. His opponent threw four punches and landed zero of them. But uh, tomorrow night, we also have Impact Bound for Glory. But on with this this big UFC card. Just want to get that out there. Because some of you I know do just watch the podcast and haven't tried out the site yet, but we got it all over at Fightful.com. We also have a live chat top right of your screen if you're on the YouTube page. Make sure you get your thoughts in there. Uh, give us your comments. Give us a you know, you know thumbs up. Uh, and tell peeps, get on social media right now, because if you heard of us from social media, just get back out there and say, hey, man, we are watching the uh, the Ad Fightful uh, MMA podcast right now. Show, send the link over, uh, and let's get this party started. It's always a party. <laughs> You can tell by the tone of my voice. So, yeah, uh, I, I thought that this was a best-case scenario, this opening fight in, for the UFC. They gained a, a, a prospect. They kind of did away with a guy who we knew was already out to pasture. It could have been a lot worse. And uh, played out pretty much how we predicted that and the second fight, uh, Wonder Boy versus Mazadal. No disrespect to Masvidal, I didn't consider him a number four welterweight in the world. He's a very good fighter, but like the Donald Cerrone that he beat, we have seen that Donald Cerrone is not the Donald Cerrone that we once knew. Ellenberger, okay, and I'll say this full disclosure, running the risk of of guys wanting to punch me in the face over it. Have you ever heard of cow tipping, Joe? <laughs> of course, I've heard of cow okay. tipping. Okay. <laughs> 
Okay. It's <laughs> terrible. Let's let's draw that comparison. Uh, but <laughs> it's just so bad. Wonder Boy Thompson played the Wonder Boy game, and did he earn himself any brownie points to get back into that UFC title picture? No, not really, because th- that type of fight I don't think will do it. But he fought his type of game. He didn't get hit, and he succeeded. He won the fight. Yeah, uh, absolutely correct. I mean, damn things fell down again, Sean. What is it with these pay per view nights? Hey, it's not the Brock Lesnar Shane Carr one, which I kind of fixed, and I got two of these UFC passes. My thunderous, on. manly, bass filled voice coming through the headphones into my ears. Coming through the headphones, damn it, I gotta fix that again. Shit off the wall. That's what that's it is. ridiculous. Um, listen, Wonder Boy Thompson does what he has to do. You know, it's that style. It's mm-hmm. the hands low. It's the wide stance. Uh, I I personally think, and this is just me when I when I when I've talked to Wonder Boy just about strategy in general, especially with his dad, uh, even Carlos Machado, uh, I think it's his brother-in-law as well. Um, talking karate, talking taekwondo, talking about point fighting and how it translates to MMA. Uh, and I remember once telling him, I'm like, you know, if if if, if a fighter can't get past that style, he's got to go to Plan B and brawl. Try and brawl with Wonderboy. You know you're going to get hit. Hopefully you don't get hit with that one shot that drops you, but you got to close that distance. Get in on Wonderboy, get him down on the ground, or just basically start punching away, getting in the uh, in the pocket with him. You can't give him space. If you give Wonderboy space, holy freedom. That's what he wants. He wants that freedom. And he's a very smart cerebral fighter when it comes to – sorry if I say cerebral a lot tonight. He's a very, very smart fighter as soon as he gets close to the cage because the minute he gets close to the cage, he switches gears, and he'll find a way out, get his back to the to the center of the octagon, and he resets. So fantastic job by uh, by Stephen Thompson. Yeah, he, play, he fought his kind of fight. He succeeded in his kind of fight, and he won his kind of fight. Uh, it it – Seems like everything went according to plan to for uh, Wonder Boy Thompson, and he's he's still up there in that division that is starting to get a little more crammed with the Darren Teals and the Colby Covingtons, guys like the Rafael Dos Anjoses and Robbie Lawler back in there. If I'm the UFC, I maybe pump the brakes on that uh, that definitely Robbie Lawler and Rafael Dos Anjos fight getting the. Top contender spot, but a lot. Well, if Dos Anjos wins, I think he gets. To go back to your point, though, yeah. with Steven Thompson, a finish is what he needed if he yeah, wants to get that true, title shot. He, it's, he, he didn't get that finish. Even he said it. Now he's got a busted thumb. How long is he going to be out for? At least six weeks, no training at minimum. So, Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Fair play. Now on to the fun stuff, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> you think? Yeah, man. Yeah, man. So this, this, we, we've spoken about this before. I consider Joanna Janjacek the greatest female fighter in the history of MMA. And I still do. I still do. Um, man, she got Molly whopped tonight. I'm telling you, man, there's, I know I tweeted it out, uh, by the way, at Sean Ross Sapp, at Showdown Joe, at Fightful MMA guys, uh, please give us a follow. Spread some love. Um, the one thing, I, I've never had a problem with fight hype. I've never had a problem with trash talk. Uh, I've never had any issues with you know, trying to get into someone's head while you're trash talking, trying to get that mental advantage. I've only ever had issues when it's sort of where, where I believe a fighter has crossed the line. Uh, and as much as I love certain fighters, Joanna, in my opinion – who I think is, like you said, greatest female mixed martial arts of all time. I think she crossed a bad line uh, with Rose Nama Yunus 
after it was publicly stated by Rose and by everybody that knew this, that she had mental um, issues, uh, raising awareness for mental um, issues in general. And right after on that conference call or right after in general, you want to start saying you're mentally weak, you're mentally unstable. I thought to myself, man, with all due respect, I don't take sides, generally speaking, in 99% of these fights. But you need to be served some humble pie. You need to have some humility because you cannot go after so. Because you know, mental sickness is real, man. I there there there's people in my family. There's people that I know personally that have to deal with it a lot. So Joe, not just that. I mean, Pat Barry has come out, her boyfriend, and open spoken openly about how his addiction issues probably affected Rose and her career, and about how she had to help him with that. You know, to to some degree, I I almost feel bad for Joanna because I get the impression that her entire life and mind state is kill, 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 train, yes. destroy, don't show weakness, don't have weakness. Correct. Weakness is the worst possible thing, even if it's anywhere. Like I don't know, I don't think that maybe until tonight did she know weakness like that because we've seen her in disadvantageous positions. Mm-hmm. And it's so ironic. Tonight, Rose Namajunas became immortal, and like in in her legacy, like she will forever be remembered. Now, very good point. Yes, and Joanna yeah. was mortalized. Like we saw her that she isn't invincible. We saw that she could be beat. When when Rose dropped her with that first punch, I was like, oh damn, that's surprising, impressive. That's a moral victory now because if and when Rose Namajunas loses. You, down the line, even though she's had two title shots, you can say she knocked down Joanna Janjacek. No, she wasn't done. She wasn't happy with a moral victory. She cooked Joanna to a degree. I, I like Joanna got up and walked around. And I was like, is she okay? No, she just went into zombie mode because I don't think that her body knows how to react when she's been put through the ringer like that. So her body's saying, I'm good. I'm fine. I'm good. I'm fine. Not to a point to where like, She's throwing the ref in triangles and stuff. She's just walking around like like she's pacing in between rounds and stuff. That was something almost eerie to see. Like it's just like when you're in the fifth grade and you see the baddest dude in the playground. And he's been the baddest dude all year, and he gets punched in the face and he cries. It's like man, that happened. You can't believe it happened. And Joanna's done this before. Like she's alluded to some fighters that like not gay slurs or anything like that, but she's indicated that that's kind of wrong and stuff like that. And people have been like, whoa, Joanna, maybe calm that down over here. And then the mental health thing, she did need that. She did need that. I don't have any doubts that she's going to come back and uh, do fantastic. But my question is, Joe, do you run this back immediately? Well, that's a very good question because my initial answer is going to be no, because it wasn't like it was a close fight. It wasn't like a controversial fight. You get your ass whooped. That's that's a situation you run into, Joe, because it wasn't a close fight at all. But you you look at Joanna's record and you look at her resume and what she's done. She was this division for the last two years. Like, I mean, she she ran this division for the last two and a half years, and it was just like, okay, who's her next victim? Who's going to lose to her next? The only and, risk. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, it's it's more of like a, a services rendered type of 
I get what you're saying. Offer, the, the, yeah. the risk of not putting on the immediate rematch would be giving Rose one or giving uh, Yuana one fight to earn that title shot, giving Rose a title defense, and what if she loses? Because you want to have this rematch. I don't think these two are done competing against each trilogy. other. <laughs> that? You can run a trilogy if Rose loses it. Because, I mean, Carolina's not getting a title shot. She beat Rose last. She ain't getting a title shot right now. Even though I hate it, you know there will be, because there are people out there like, give Kat Zingano the title shot because she beat Amanda Nunez three years ago. She hasn't beat anybody else since then. Carolina's won, like, what, that one fight over Jody Escapel? You can't give somebody a championship fight after they beat Jody Escapel and they lost two in a row. What about Gedalia? Where's she going to fight next? Uh, she just lost to Andrage. Well, do you give it to Andrage? Andrage just had a title shot in May. You can't do it there. There are other people, though. There are plenty. But let, let's shoehorn this one in here. Paige Van Zant reveals on Twitter that her <laughs> next fight will be against the winner of Tough 26. And when I saw that, Joe, and I saw the reaction – and I wrote the article, and I saw the reaction to the article on Fightful.com. I said, yeah, probably not anymore. Because Dana White is probably thinking, Paige, why did you tweet that? I have to talk to the media tonight. You couldn't have waited until tomorrow? He ain't going to Norfolk. This is a weird scenario. Like, that makes just no sense to me. Like, what? What just happened there? She hasn't won since last year. She hasn't competed since last year. She lost to Michelle Watterson. A year ago. Now, I had people comparing. They're like, let's give Sage and CM Punk title shots. Now, it's not that. (laughs) She has beaten a top 10 fighter in Felice Herrig, who looks really good these days. Like, It's not like she's void of talent, and neither is Sage. And neither is Punk to a degree, but he ain't, you know, this ain't the same thing. This isn't the same thing. Now, if Joanna wants a 125-pound title shot, she's getting it. She gets it. If she wants it, it's hers. She's a person that could get a title shot coming off of a loss, uh, like Holly Holm did. Holly Holm got one coming off of a loss, and people were like, some people made a little bit of fuss about it, but come on, that was the best option. Paige Van Zandt does, should not get that title shot, and people will say, money fights, dollars, dollars. Okay, but she that, she hasn't fought in a year. Do, do you remember the list of ailments that she – put for the UFC 216 pullout. Yeah. She was like, I got a double ear infection. And like, like the Ebola, yeah. Ebola and polio. Not literally, but yes. it's weird, man. And so right now, Joanna could be, could have her choice of two title fights if she wanted, which is weird because had she won tonight, she kind of self-imposed herself as the only having the opportunity to beat Ronda Rousey's record. What do you think this says about Ronda Rousey's record of consecutive female title defenses? I don't know. I don't know what to – I mean, from that angle there, I don't know what to think of it because Ronda was defeating fighters that I believe on most occasions did not fight intelligently, did not did not have a game plan properly executed to defeat someone like Ronda Rousey. I mean – during the Bellator show, um, was it, Jeff Sanderson basically made an exceptional point when he stepped into the booth and he talked about, listen, there's a big difference between being an NCAA 
Division One champion, yeah, and an Olympic medalist. There's a huge difference in strength. You know, we call it man strength. Rhonda yeah. will call it woman strength. Just functional body movement. There's a huge difference. So when a lot of these mixed martial artists like the Misha Tates and the Sarah Kaufmans and the Katzenganos um, got in there with Ronda Rousey, they didn't realize what she brings to the table. It wasn't that person you're training with at the gym all around North America that you're grappling with with the gi and blah, blah. No, this is an Olympic judoka where if she grabs a hold of you, no matter which way, you're going to go flying. And when she punches, she's going to punch pretty hard, especially if she's on top of you. And when she locks in an arm bar, it's going to be crazy. So I think a lot of the, the opponents fought her incorrectly. Okay? Oh, yeah. That, I think what stands out the most is I can't believe nobody drew up a blueprint for Ronda Rousey. It was there. It was, it was there. there. Like every time she would win a fight, I would I'd be one of those those guys that was figuratively standing up, clapping my hands, but being the only person in the crowd that I felt. I'm like, yeah, there's a there's a girl named Cyborg Santos still, guys. Like, yeah. um, there's a reason why she's not in the UFC. Uh, there's a variety of reasons why, and one of them is because the UFC cannot make any money whatsoever on her when they can make. Tons of money on Ronda Rousey. Keep Cyborg away as much as possible until Ronda starts doing this. You'll see Cyborg doing this. And yeah. There you go. Well, I mean, Ronda did sign to fight Cyborg, and there were a lot of stylistic issues then until Cyborg came to the UFC, and it's like you could tell at that point she had been training fairly recently with the possibility of fighting Ronda Rousey because she would fight at the end of her punches and didn't lose any power as opposed to where she used to fight in clinch range. And you don't want to do that with Ronda Rousey, no matter how hard you hit, just in case. The thing is, there was never a blueprint, a real blueprint for Joanna. Now, there was, like we say, there was a blueprint for Rousey, but nobody had really found a ton of success there. But nobody had really tried it either. So many women just dove into her clinch. There there just wasn't a lot of... uh... Well, I think the blueprint, Sean, was to beat Joanna was get her off her feet, put her on her butt, put her on her back, and keep her there mm-hmm. and pound away, chip away at her. Under no circumstances do you stand and bang with Yuhana and Jacek until well, Rose Nubby gets her cardio, though. Her cardio would just cut through that. Now, somebody says, GSP got a title shot after being away for four years. How is that different? Uh, because he is among the greatest draws of all time. <laughs> He never lost his championship, and uh, he was on a remarkable winning streak. So Rose Namajunas, after the fight, like, Rogan was like, put yourself over, put yourself over. And she's like, nah, fam, be good to people. That's Rose, man. That's awesome. That's Rose. I sent a message to Sportsnet on social media tonight. I said, you guys all need to go find, because they've got this incredible archive database, Sean. I said to them, you guys need to go find that 17-minute interview I did with Pat and Rose and some way, somehow come up with a 30-minute show from it because it's a lot of content. This was an interview I did at UFC Winnipeg in a mall at the UFC uh, Media Workouts. And Pat Berry was there. Uh, I don't know who he was fighting that night. He was fighting someone. And all the fighters would basically, when they were done, they'd come around to the back where I was, we had the banner up and we would literally do the typical Sean three minute interview. Hi, bye. How you doing? How's your fight? What's going on? Blah, blah. 17 minutes later with starting off with Pat, bringing in Rose, 
Pat leaving, Rose and I talking, Pat coming in, Rose calling him a fool, her stepping off. Like it was one of those interviews that just kept going. And my camera guy was like, "What's what's happening here? My producer's dying of laughter." I mean, these two are the craziest couple you'll ever meet. They're absolutely hilarious. Rose is a pure gangster. I'll tell you right now. Really dry sense of humor, and Pat's a gong show. Pat's the funniest guy you're ever going to meet in MMA. He's absolutely hilarious. So um, with Rose doing what she did, didn't surprise me. I just can't believe how she kept her composure leading up to this fight and not like literally losing her marbles, dropping F-bombs on, on Ioana with all the stuff Ioana was saying. And like literally with Ioana doing Classy. what she did at the weigh-ins, she's saying the, uh, the Lord's Prayer. Whoa. That's movie oh, yeah. stuff. That's like Hollywood stuff right there. Dana White is claiming that uh, – wow. Claims that UFC 217 did well over a million buys and that it broke the Canadian pay-per-view record held by Conor Floyd. I'm going to call hashtag bullshit on that. but A fart noises, uh, but we'll see. Sorry, Dana, with all due respect, I, I, there's no way we can prove that, but I, I – there's nobody talking about this GSP fight here. Barely anyone. Tonight, maybe that, that meter, Sean, sort of went like that little tick. It didn't go over to the other side and red line. I mean, there was basically no buzz here in Canada whatsoever. And there was actually media trying. Like my, the, the guys over at Sports and all the different shows at Sportsnet were trying to talk about GSP. And it was just barely anything. Yeah. Man. Like, I mean, I mean, you wrote the article, lack of buzz in Canada leading into this fight, but, whew. Oh, there was an article written on Sportsnet by a friend of mine. I looked at the damn thing, and he had metrics and numbers of, of Google searches for George St. Pierre and how it's all dropped off and blah, blah. And I was just looking, and Sean, to the month is where you saw the drop off. I don't want to give too much away, but I was like, Amazing article, bro. Fifteen hundred words, two thousand words, but you're you missed an extremely valid point as to why yeah. George Pierre's popularity dropped in this country. You idiot. So, uh, well, we'll talk about that in a bit. Cody Garbrandt, T.J. Dillashaw. Thursday, things got real weird. I did a video update uh, on Fightful's YouTube, which is also on Fightful.com, of Cody Garbrandt releasing that Bigfoot-esque footage of him knocking out TJ Dillashaw. Like, the stance shows me that it's TJ Dillashaw, but for all I know, that was Chris Holdsworth and Uriah Faber dressed up in dark suits, like, with puppets. Like, that footage was so bad. So bad. Oh, my God. That was recorded on, like, a V1 Razor phone from 2005. The kind you see in the R. Kelly Trapped in the Closet videos. Playboy, you should have not released that video, Cody. That was bad. Maybe it added a buy or two. I don't know. Maybe it did. But that video, from what I saw, was more valuable unreleased than it was released. Because, uh... A damn. <laughs> TJ Dillashaw put the pain on uh, Cody Garbrandt to end this fight. What do you think, Joe? Well, I think all the guys, the champions that won tonight, the new champions are jerks because they should have watched my fun bets video because I did predict them pretty much all to win, just not in the manner that they won. Damn it. But 
TJ Dillshaw, my goodness, after being rocked in the first round the way he was rocked, uh, to come back the way he did. Uh, listen, man, I'm still a huge fan of Cody Garbrandt because that dude is just a, an amazing fighter. I would love to have seen five rounds of that and maybe ended in the five, in the fifth round because Cody, when Cody does his crazy stuff in the octagon, I love it. I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of it. It's cocky. It's brash. It's arrogant, but I really love it. But I also like TJ Dillashaw's footwork. I love, uh, I'm, I mean, I, I was actually surprised Dwayne said in between rounds, you don't have to set up the kick. I had a Sean Ross Sapp moment. In my head, I went, what? Do what? A do what, sir? What did you say, Bang Ludwig? How dare you say that to TJ Dillashaw? Because Dwayne Ludwig has always talked to me, even in front of Boss Rutten. Dude, I've had the craziest conversations with those two there. Sober, I might add. I know where you might be going with this conversation. Hmm. But sober with these guys. Not sure if they were sober. But the importance of setting up your kicks. Don't just throw your kicks because they won't land. Then I see him telling that to TJ, and it, I was just kind of like, what? But then you realize TJ is just on a completely other level than any one of Dwayne's pupils, and he pulls it off. He pulls it off in crazy-ass fashion. Does a fantastic job, finishes off Cody Garbrandt, and recaptures, reclaims that title that he lost to Dominic Cruz. I mean, this this craziness in this division is unreal. Uh, and like he even said in the post-fight, Sean, like, I'm not, this is not the end of Cody Garbrandt. Like, I'm going to see him again. But then he goes out and calls Dimitri, calls out Demetrius Johnson. Woo, money fight. Yeah. Do you think that that fight actually happens? Yes. Because Dominic Cruz, should he defeat Jimmy Rivera, I don't think he'll get a title shot just yet. And I think, uh, I mean, people, you, you'll probably see it in the chat, top right of your screen, guys. I've already seen it on my social media. We've talked about it. Demetrius Johnson deserves a massive payday. A super fight is in order to get that massive payday as a co-main event on a Conor McGregor fight or a Conor McGregor pay-per-view. That's just, I mean, that's just the UC being nice in my opinion. You should, they should do it. That's just, you know, maybe it's a good guy Canadian in me, but it needs to happen. I think that fight is one to make. Uh, if I were t- Demetrius Johnson, I would not disagree with the notion that TJ Dillashaw needs to make weight one time, even as a test, just prior. Just like, not, he doesn't have to fight. Just show me that you can make the championship weight. Just do it. So Thursday, things got weird <laughs> at the press conference where Cody Garbrandt legitimately thought that he burned TJ Dillashaw by saying, Bro, you taught everybody at Team Alpha Male how to do PEDs. Ugh. Yeah. And I'm like, um, okay, I, I hate to be redundant, but do what? Do what? It's just, hmm. That type of talk doesn't make me happy at all, man. That's stupid. If, like, if I'm Dana White, I'm telling these guys, cut that shit out. Why are you doing, like, why are you doing this? Why are you quit doing this? Quit bring it saying everybody's on steroids. That doesn't make us look good. That doesn't. I've never once seen one person say, you know what? I wasn't going to order that UFC fight, but one guy said the other one was on steroids. So now I'm going to buy it. It's ridiculous. It's just. It's uncalled for. I mean, you and I talked about it before. There's a line. There, you you got to be smart about what you're saying. Um, 
I get the bad blood. I get the silliness. I get the trying downplaying. I get the, you know, chop them away mentally as much as you can. I mean, TJ on his social media on Instagram said, "Oh my God, this guy is this guy serious?" Now I'm a drug lord. Like, yeah, TJ was having Wait, fun with it, but maybe he was. Maybe he did do that. But I mean, you need more people. Sorry, you need more witnesses. Where do you think the division goes from here? Because this was a fun fight. Uh, Garbrandt did drop Dillashaw in the first round, and then Dillashaw returned the favor in the second round. I loved the stylistic matchup of this fight. It was good. I loved their exchanges. Really good, high-paced action. I worried about what Cody Garbrandt might look like with his back injury being so recent. Yes, that, that's. Yeah, I don't think that he. I don't think that it affected him. I mean, maybe he'll say it did, but um, where do you think it goes from here? It's so tough to say, you know. Um, I think it's safe to say Cody and TJ are going to be fighting soon. Uh, maybe not next. Uh, I, I do believe TJ, um, TJ, Demetrius, Dana will all some way, somehow figure out a way to put that fight on. We still have to see what's going to happen with uh, Dominic Cruz and Jimmy Rivera next month. That's a huge fight in this division because that's number one and number four in the division. Uh, Cody was the champ. TJ was number two. Uh, or no, maybe Jimmy's number three. Am I correct? Well, I don't know, but either way, he's up there. Yeah, so that's the fight that we need to pay attention because should Jimmy Rivera defeat Dominic Cruz, we have ourselves an issue here. Mm-hmm. We have ourselves an issue. If Dominic Cruz defeats Jimmy Rivera, most of us are going to think, well, yeah, that's supposed to happen. Dominic Cruz is arguably the greatest bantamweight of all time. Uh, he's got a victory over the current champion right now. So there's, there's this weird sort of triangle at the top there that Jimmy Rivera might just be able to be a you know be a part of the conversation. Yeah, if, if he thro- if he beats Cruz, I think he throws a monkey wrench in because Big time. Dillashaw Garbrandt, that fight's there with or without a championship. Mm-hmm. I mean yeah. that that fight's there. You throw that on on any pay per view. Okay, cool. Sign me up. I'm down for that. Uh, but yeah, Jimmy Rivera could be a big like just. He could step in and throw like almost a stick in the spokes. A few notes from the post show press conference or the post fight press conference. We will keep you updated on that. You all can follow us at Fightful MMA if you want to follow our MMA tweets, at Fightful Online for all of them. Also on Fightful.com. If you don't like pro wrestling or boxing, there are filters to separate those. Joanna uh, says that uh, she's going to talk to Dana about a rematch. The plan was to move up if she won. That seems like it's on hold. She says the punch wasn't lucky, uh, but does call it a crazy night and uh, doesn't put the blame on promotion or appearances. Says it was just a tough day at work for her and credits uh, Yoan, or Rose Namajunas. Good to see her accepting defeat in grace. And uh, Rose has said, uh, she's at the podium right now, says it was a rough week because her flight got delayed. She didn't sleep well, but uh, she was happy to get the job done. Uh, so a few notes, and I will interject with those here and there, and they may not, or they may or may not be pertinent to the moment we're talking about. Yeah, I see them popping it's, up it's on my screen right now. The big one. <laughs> yes, you, you can kick it off because you know I'm. I'm. No, aren't you the biased Canadian? Come on, or the guy with the bias? Let's that out. Don't don't even put it in people's heads. GSP became UFC middleweight champion by Crazy. choking out. Michael Bisping. Now, let's run through this. 
let's run through this here. It was his, well, first off, I mentioned Cain Velasquez has fought as many times as GSP in the last four calendar years. Put that in perspective. GSP tonight passed John Jones and tied Demetrius Johnson in winning 12 consecutive UFC championship fights. That includes different titles, interim titles, but championship fights in general. It was GSP's first finish in almost nine years, his first stoppage in the middle of the round, meaning not because of corner retirement, since April of 08, his first submission in nearly a decade, Joe. He was putting the hurtin' on Michael Bisping early. This fight played out virtually how we said on the podcast. When Michael Bisping found success, he held GSP in guard, and he was a bigger, stronger man. He sliced GSP up with elbows. This is something that I think is going to happen a lot more. The guard is returning to an advantageous position, not because of any threat of submissions, but because of the threat of elbows particularly. Elbows to the top of the head. Elbows to the face. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply elbows right here above the eyebrow or the sweet spot cut people up let it pay dividends as it goes on it didn't have time to pay dividends george st pierre strangled michael bisping put him out you didn't see that coming joe you didn't see that coming i i'd spoken to a certain two individuals from tristar that told me not to be surprised with a submission attempt or submission attempts if the opportunity presented themselves. I said, yeah, I could probably see that happening, but I think George uh, may be the faster fighter, so I think I could see a TK opening in here. Uh, little did I realize that his cardio was going to fail him only two rounds in to a five-round fight. That that had me concerned. Um, his The one thing I really liked about Michael Bisping is always the pace. I mean, the guy brings on a crazy pace, but the fact that Michael Bisping was able to thwart every time George would try and step over with the right leg while he was in guard, when he was pushing down the knee, because it's his, it's his oldest move. It's, it's been one of those moves that, you know, when you, when you train with someone, Sean, and you know that this is my move and I can get it on almost anybody I know, they can't stop me unless they're high level. I've got to go to something else. Michael Bisping thwarted that because a lot of guys could never stop GSP going from guard to half guard with the with the push down of the knee and the quick step over with the right leg. And Michael thwarted it at least three or four times. So did a fantastic job. I liked the way he was, you know, when he was using the elbows. Uh, I, th- I think George, in my opinion, was it was posturing incorrect with that guard because he was putting his head down. Mm-hmm. He's putting his head down, giving Mike the, Mike the opportunity to sort of control. Uh, and, and as George was pulling back, he could just basically continue to hold, not with both hands, but hold as the head would, would rise and hit him with the elbow, uh, either inside or, or, or side. So good on Michael Bisping, but then George, you know, good, good for, for GSP realizing I'm a bloody mess. We got to figure this out. And to be able to still react the way he did after he knocked down, was, was it a left hook that he knocked Michael down with? Yes. 
Yeah, so. and then to pounce on him and get the rear naked choke. That's a rear naked choke that I've seen uh, only at TriStar, but not by a TriStar. Uh, I don't think Faraz ever showed me that choke. The only person that showed me that type of choke, the way it was, was inserted like that, was Kenny Florian at TriStar. We did a bunch of what we used to call fight school uh, segments for my show. Um, very eerily similar to how Kenny, uh, Kenny Florian used to lock in those chokes uh, by putting the, the back of the forearm across the artery, he was pushing the, the artery back. Too. One of the What's best that? at it. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a beautiful choke, but... George locked that in quick, and 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 it's it's the squeeze of that choke that's a little different than a lot of other rear naked chokes. Um, Roy Nelson showed me another one one time, but it's the squeeze. You hear Michael Bisping in the, in the post fight saying that's a really tight squeeze that he has right there. It is the type of squeeze that, whew, it's lights out real quick, man. It's that we call it that four second choke, Sean. If you if that thing is on, yeah, four seconds are out. So a little bit of what I liked from a technical standpoint that GSP did. He started off with the jab. He let Michael Bisping know that he could land that jab at will. Then he switched it up a little bit, took Michael Bisping down. He would throw that in there here and there. I think that it, he kind of realized he wasn't going to keep Michael Bisping down, but he wanted that threat of the takedown there. Then he started to do some other things, like he would land some hooks. That's not – Always something that you see out of GSP. You never saw him throw like a ton of hooks, but he landed and he made Bisping pay for it. Then in 2017, the man hit a Superman jab. George St. Pierre and Roman Reigns are the only two people to land a Superman. And that guy in the hockey fight the other night are the only people to land uh, Superman punches in 2017. Maybe Mighty Mouse or something because he can. So he, he throws that in there. Oh, spinning wheel kick. I'll throw that in there. I mentioned on the show last week that GSP was always that wrestle boxer. And we were going to see if he evolved, if he changed. Because for so long, he used a great jab, a great straight, a great single leg, a great double leg, and a great top game to beat everybody. Like, that's what that's all he needed because he was so great in those areas that nobody could overcome it. Tonight, I thought he had an exceptional jab. I wouldn't call it great. Nothing was really, like, great. It wasn't, like, godly level like we saw it once before. But he did everything so well, and he switched it up so well. And then he threw in new aspects of the game, because it has been four years. He got better. He looked better tonight than he did four years ago against Johnny Hendricks. Uh, That Johnny Hendricks fight, though, a lot of people don't know that George was already checked out. So of course he was. What yeah. you saw with George St. Pierre in that fight there is almost an abomination of what he better. always he still was. Still looked better than he did. Yeah, the George, but the, the, the Johnny Five Joe, thirty-five years old. Yeah, the Johnny Hendricks fight. I, 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 I because I knew the whole situation leading up to that to that fight. It, it wasn't going to be the George that everyone was used to seeing. Because uh, George would never fight that way in any other fight. Never has fought in that way in any other fight. In this fight here. Um, I was I was impressed per se. Uh, I like the fact that he got the finish. I didn't like the fact he didn't have head movement, much head movement. He, it was there. Uh, it was more stiff, but that's how George's style actually is. Uh, I did like the execution of the strikes. Uh, the cardio is understandable because it's his first fight in four years. Um, I did like the reaction time. I did like his resolve. Um, did he look up at the screen at all to see the blood on his face? Or did he just keep I, I didn't see that. I didn't see that. Okay, so this guy, I mean, thankfully he didn't look up. 
because anyone that would look up and see themselves bleeding like that would be like, oh, shit, this 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 is not good. I got to pick up the pace here. You might make mistakes. But, I mean, fantastic fight, in my opinion. Uh, is it the best George I've ever seen? Nah, I think UFC 83 was the best George I've ever seen. Uh, or the Matt Hughes, the second Matt Hughes fight was the best George I've ever seen. But this was a this was a fantastic fight. And joins BJ Penn, Randy Couture, and Conor McGregor as the only four gentlemen ever in UFC history to hold belts in two different classes. Not the same time, but win. So we always got to talk about the future. Robert Whitaker's there, but he's hurt. He's mm-hmm. still hurt. They don't know if he'll be ready for like February. Who knows if GSP would want to fight there anyway, but... God, hear me out. I can't believe I'm saying this. Oh, boy. If Whitaker isn't healthy and GSP wants to get back in the cage and Anderson Silva wins his fight, (laughs) that is a main event. Is it it the honorable thing to do? Hell no, it's not. But today, it's still – they need pay-per-view main events, and I don't care if it's past prime or – Years later, anything like that. If Bobby Knuckles can't go, throw him in there. Throw him in there. Let me ask you this. What's the safer fight for George St. Pierre? Anderson Silva or Bobby Knuckles? Ooh. Mm. I don't like George's chances against Robert Whitaker. I don't either. Robert Whitaker got real. I mean, he... Yoel Romero couldn't like keep Robert Whitaker down, and Robert Whitaker had one ACL at that point. Like he was just hanging on by a thread. Now I wish we could play back the interview when the question was asked to George. You know, what are you doing now? Now that you're the champion, because George has a way of making people quickly forget the question they asked. It's a trick he's tried with me in my early career, and I no 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 no, no George, that doesn't work with me anymore. <laughs> No, you're going to answer this question, and if you're not, we're going to talk about it afterwards. Uh, but he was asked by Joe Rogan, you won the belt, you're the champ, and George spun it in a matter. He's like, this was a challenge for me. This, this is a true, this is what I wanted to do. Never once did he say, like he said leading up to this fight, we're in the contract, or the terms in the contract was he has to defend against Robert Whitaker. Mm-hmm. Never once did he say, but I'm going to retire. But I'm done. Because he never used the word retire in the post-fight interview. And ever. Never used it once uh, after the fight with Johnny Hendricks. Leading up to to today. So I'm wondering what George St. Pierre is going to do. Because I don't think it would take much from the UFC. And I know we were the first ones to bring it up long before uh, the other ass clowns from other sites and, and stuff. Oh, Conor McGregor, George St. Pierre, blah, shut up. We've been talking about it here for six months. Um, the UFC would be more than happy to get convinced to put a GSP Conor McGregor fight of if that course. could happen. And that's the big, big, big money fight payday yeah. um, for both guys. So they would move Robert Whitaker off to the side considering he's injured. But it remains to be seen what George is going to do. So we'll see. Also Bisping. So if I'm Bisping... Fight, I fight Luke Rockhold again, just because. That's a trilogy I'm sure the UFC would want. Had he won, do you know what I would have done if I were Michael Bisping? I would have walked over to the announce desk and pointed at Daniel Cormier and said, I want you in my last fight. That's what I would have done. 
He probably wasn't winning it. But you know what Michael Bisping does. He does not care about fighting the, the next in line. He cares about fighting what's lining his wallet. That's it. That's it. If I was Michael Bisping and I won the fight tonight, you know, fast I would have taken off my gloves and left them in the center of the octagon. Oh, come on now. He's, he's making money here. Bitches, I beat Anderson Silva and George St. Pierre. Nobody. Nobody. If he beat George St. Pierre, do you think the aliens are really going to let him get away with that? <laughs> Stop. <laughs> the aliens are coming for his ass. Stop. That's what happened. There are greater powers at hand here. Let's quickly talk about this Bellator show before we get back to UFC. I don't want to flood it too much because it was a fun show. Alima Lay McFarlane dominated Emily Ducati, won the Women's Flyweight Championship. Uh, we interviewed both of those women. That was uh, a sick fight. Really good fight. Ryan Bader demolished Linton Vassell. We interviewed both of those guys on Fightful.com. Go check that out. Fantastic performance out of Ryan Bader. Great performance. Ed Ruth knocked the man dead. Interviewed him on <laughs> Fightful.com. Folded him up Chris Weidman style. <laughs> Uh, what else was there? Taiwan Claxton had a knockout so vicious that Bellator said, well, Spike didn't show it, so we're just going to send everybody the clip, and they can put it on their own YouTube. So it's and up on Fightful's YouTube. Yeah. Here's the funny thing. And Phil Davis outboxed an undefeated man. They boxed for three rounds. They went to Penn State to run a show for the wrestlers. And Ed Ruth knocked a man out. Tywan yeah. Claxton knocked a man out. Phil Davis boxed the guy for three rounds. Ryan Bader wrestled, but he knocked a man out too. So, Very good for mixed martial arts when you think about that. When you got Kale Sanderson out there saying wrestling is a martial art, this is an avenue for guys. Ooh, yeah. There are far worse things that could have happened for Bellator on that night. Yeah. This was for MMA and for Bellator and the people that they needed to win. Uh, a pretty good two nights, am I right? Oh, big time. Big time, big time, big time. Ryan Bader, I was like, the hell is this? Yes, man. Wow. Very like impressive. The kind of guy we wanted to see fight Daniel Cormier back in the day, right? That is very correct. Right? Very Isn't correct. that crazy? Yeah. But, yeah, both, both, I mean, that, that card, I, I was happy with that card. I enjoyed it last night. So Logan, Logan Storley won, too. Uh, but the, a lot of good things. I think it's it's really cool that Bellator is signing these wrestlers and they're knocking people out. That's pretty damn cool, man. Like, you got Tyrell Fortune, Ed Ruth, uh, uh, Taiwan Claxton, guys like that just knocking people out. And Syed Awad defeated Zach Freeman. Zach Freeman looked like he didn't even belong in there. Um, I'm surprised. Sorry, go back to the Bader thing. I, I thought he was going to get booed relentlessly for taking out Phil Davis twice. And no, no. Sorry, I, was point. I was surprised. So back to the UFC 217 shows. There, there were some other things that happened on this show that, and we're gonna we're gonna keep talking about the main storylines too, guys. So keep it locked for that. I'm watching for Jeremy Lambert's updates at the post show press conference. James Vick won, defeated Joseph Duffy. Joseph Duffy can pretty well kiss any potential of fighting Conor McGregor goodbye uh, because he he did beat Conor McGregor. James Vick now, eight and one in the UFC, eleven and two if you include the Ultimate Fighter. You got to rank this guy. I had 
fools, fools arguing with me before that he didn't deserve to be ranked over guys like Gilbert Melendez who were ranked. Uh, he belongs in those rankings now. He looked good. This was a fun, fun fight. OSP, that son of a bitch, keeps finding ways to do it. <laughs> Corey Anderson looked good against him. This was on short notice. And then, bam, OSP just knocks out Corey Anderson with a head kick. He's now won three in a row. <laughs> Unbelievable. That, that kick would have made Altuve proud. Yeah, that was a telling me. baseball bat. Just wow. For the James Vick naysayers, <laughs> settle down. Settle down because I would suggest you watch the Holy Smokes podcast every Tuesday with Sean and I and how we said James Vick is the underdog in this fight. Immediate value to put some oh, yeah. coin down on James Vick. Lo and behold, what happened? Except for my damn fun bets, Sean. I'm pissed off. I got so many of them right just the wrong damn way. Ugh. Sorry, go ahead. It's the nature of the game, my friend. Mark Godbeer got uh, defeated Walt Harris by DQ. That was a nasty situation. Clear-cut DQ, in my opinion. There was a <laughs> situation in the Curtis Blades fight. Now, Curtis Blades and Alexi Olenek, who has like six different ways to spell his name, <laughs> they had a very awesome fight. Great fight, back and forth. Uh had a little Don Fry Takayama situation there. A hilarious, hilarious situation in the first round where Olenek has Blades held up against the cage and is holding the top, the, the threshold of the cage, and the ref says, let go of it. And when he does, he falls flat on his ass and back and head, like just boom, timber. The only thing holding him up was him holding himself up. Then in the second round, uh, Curtis Blades is throwing like an anticipatory kick, waiting for Olenek to get up. It grazes the earlobe, and the fight is stopped. Olenek claims that he can't continue. Mistake, yeah? Uh, big mistake, because the, the other mistake uh, that I feel very unfortunate for the vast majority of fans that are watching on television or on pay-per-view is the commentary from the UFC broadcast team. Because uh, I know I'm not pointing fingers because there's only three of them there, but for the, love of, for the love of all things holy, they often take the viewer down the wrong road when the correct road is right what you're seeing on the freaking screen and what's happening around you. Okay? A kick... Crisis drives me nuts. Sorry. A kick was thrown to a downed opponent. From the referee's angle, it looked like it struck him in the head. Number one, that is a foul. Because it's a foul, you stop the fight. Because it was a foul thrown to the skull, you call the doctor in. That's just MMA rules, guys. That's the unified rules of MMA. Okay. How's it should keep happening in, in New York? They've, now they've got instant replay. Fine, whatever. The doctor comes in. The referee has now the opportunity to look at instant replay and notices, wait a second, that kick did not even touch this dude. And in the cage, the dude whose ear got flicked told me he couldn't continue. That, my friend, is trying to play the game, yeah? 
play the game. You know what that is? That's a TKO, son. So enjoy it. Yeah, nothing wrong happened. But the broadcast team for the UFC confused everybody. And I was just like, why? Why would you do that? I feel like just muting everything, but you don't want to miss information that that maybe the referee was saying or, or Murgliata might have been telling him, right? It's just like, guys, stop with this, man. Stop with this stupidness. It's like the unified rules of MMA are right there. They're online. You can see them. You can read them. You can dissect them. Just because yeah. you call fights or you're a color commentator – doesn't mean you know the rules. I thought I did until I got those two damn certificates over there from Big John's course, and that's when I learned, oh, shit, I don't really know everything. Now that I've been educated, now I know, and now when I hear the commentators saying that stuff, I'm like, I feel bad for fans because now they're so misinformed, they don't know what's going on, that they carry it to the bar, they carry it to the water cooler, they carry it to the gym. It it cannot be that expensive to pay, fly somebody out, run a per diem, and throw a, a, a ref or a judge or, or not a judge, somebody a couple hundred bones to sit there with a mic in case this stuff happens. Fuck, man. It, it drives me just, nuts. Just explain it. It drives me you know, insane. But I will say, poor execution, the right decision ultimately made, TKO. I got to say, as it pertains to that, whoever made that call, I like the way you do business. Mm. I will say this Blades. I like the way Curtis Blades did business too. We got a twenty-six-year-old heavyweight prospect, and you know how I feel about those. They don't come along very often. Those are unicorns in MMA. Twenty-six-year-old guys who have one loss. Uh, it's to Francis Ngannou. We'll let that one slide. He should be nine and one, but he got a fight overturned because he tested positive for marijuana in Texas. Don't smoke the dope in Texas. Lay <laughs> off the weed. Uh, but he's got a good uh, wrestling background. He's obviously got some good hands. Looking forward to him, too. Also on this show, yeah, before Mickey you watch Gall it, got beat. What, yeah, what? Mickey, damn it, Mickey Gall. Guy drives me nuts. Just before you go on, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm noticing some of the comments uh, on the live chat. Guys, I want to be very, very clear. John Anik is a fantastic play-by-play guy. I don't stand. I don't care that I've called Ryzen. I don't care that I called t- Titan FC. Okay, John Anik is a hundred times better than me. He's a fantastic play-by-play guy. Joe Rogan, when he talks jujitsu and when he talks about the ground game and when he talks about Stephen Wonderboy Thompson and Taekwondo and karate, I'm all ears. Daniel Cormier, light heavyweight champion of the world. Hilarious, fantastic, loves when he talks wrestling, loves when he talks the fighter's mindset. I'm not ripping those three guys apart at all. What I'm saying is when they were taking the crowd, the wrong, or the, the listeners, the wrong way when it comes to refing and judging. That's all I was saying. Sorry, Sean. Mickey Gall pissed me off for not getting a rear naked choke because he should have got a rear naked choke. That would be my fun bits. Fantastic. Go ahead. Also, uh, Ricardo Ramos knocked out Eamon Zahabi. He spammed spinning back elbows. Uh, do you have any update on Eamon Zabi? It looks like his jaw was broken. Yeah, I know. I haven't heard anything yet. I texted the guys, nothing yet. I hope he's okay. That was a fun fight. Randy Brown, I cannot guarantee this was the Randy Brown who played for the Chicago Bulls in the 1990s. <laughs> but if so, he measured, he gained a measure of revenge for the city of Chicago for what Mickey Gall did to CM Punk. Now there are a lot of Big or interesting information out of this press conference. Follow us at Fightful MMA for all this. Some of this is going to make you very mad. 
Some of it won't. Some of it's pretty good. Rose, sick of trash talk. She says martial arts is about respect. Um, just, you know, pretty, pretty standard stuff out of Rose. Dana White's up next. Uh, Rose, Dillashaw, Cody, GSP all get 50000 OSP and Ramos get an extra 25000 That's good news. Dana, Dana White calls um, Rose's upset the biggest holy shit moment of the night. He is happy. GSP's back. Would like to go back to Canada with him headlining. <laughs> Says that GSP has been transported to a hospital. Where was he the last time that he said that, Joe? Vegas. And where was GSP actually when he had been transported to the hospital? I would say 26 feet, 25 feet to my right outside the hall where Dana White then went to go talk to him and was like, oh! Yeah. <laughs> uh, Dana hopes that Demetrius Johnson is more open to fighting TJ after tonight. And then? This, this is where it gets frustrating. Quote, he's been crying for a big fight. He's got it now. And then he buries Demetrius Johnson for asking for $2 million without proving to be a pay-per-view draw. Not cool. Dana says that Paige Van Zandt is not getting the title shot at 125, as previously reported. Uh, yeah. He says Whitaker is next for GSP. Says this is one of the best cards ever. I would have to, do, to agree with him there. Um, this should be the Canadian pay-per-view record and will be way over a million. He wants to headline a show in Canada with GSP. Uh, and then he says that this has been the best year ever by a long shot for the company and is counting Connor Floyd as part of that. Um, he says that even Ali didn't look that good after his layoff. I would agree with that. He doesn't need anybody to talk trash. People will show up to, to watch fights. That isn't true. And now we got Cody Garbrandt up there. What do you make of some of this stuff? The the Mighty Mouse thing. Like, that's... No, you can't pay the greatest fighter of all time $2 million. How dare you? Uh, how dare on, you, man. How the dare guy. you market this guy and give him a big fight that he deserves? And you, you know what's funny, Joe? And I'll say this for the people that... Uh, Nikita Krylov fan was here at the house watching the show with me tonight. Oh, no By the way, way, shout out to Nikita Krylov for just destroying Emmanuel Newton. Joe, it's been widely known that for decades, Vince McMahon, one of the greatest promoters in pro wrestling history, who had who gets to decide who wins and loses his matches, he has wanted, and I quote, a mighty mouse character that can overcome all, this little dude that can just do everything. And he once reached out to Henry Cejudo to be that guy. Henry Cejudo signed with the UFC. The UFC not only has that type of guy, his nickname is Mighty Mouse. He is literally the guy, and he is arguably the greatest fighter of all time who throws sons of bitches in the air and catches them in submissions. He decides, you know, there's one second left. I'm going to tap this guy out. He looks at an Olympic gold medalist and says, your wrestling's trash, eat some knees. <laughs> but because he talks a little fast and he's a little shorter and he's a little lighter, you can't find a way to market that guy. You can't find a way to market a guy who can kick the average, like, average Joe on the street, kick all their asses. 
You can't find a way, and he, but he's half their size. You can't find a way to market that. That's that's ridiculous. His nickname is Mighty Mouse. Vince McMahon wanted a Mighty Mouse. Vince McMahon would love to have Demetrius Johnson. If Vince McMahon had Demetrius Johnson, he'd probably be their next Rey Mysterio. Sean Rossap, I have two different video cameras here. I have an <laughs> iPhone. Uh, and I have another iPhone, which gives me four HD cameras, and I bet you I've got another one somewhere. That gives me five HD cameras that I'd be more than happy to walk the streets of Seattle with Demetrius Johnson and get the footage required to make this guy look like the baddest man on the planet. Yeah, because it ain't be hard, than, man. It's not hard at all. I would just welcome anybody. Above, how, I don't care how big you are, how tall you think you're a tough guy. This is Mighty Mouse Johnson. Just, just run it. Throw some 185, 205-pound Amy in there that is so full of himself that thinks they can make a name by outsparring Demetrius Johnson. And you show Demetrius Johnson just beat the living piss out of this doofus. I run, was, run a viral campaign for the love of God. I would sit there, Sean, honestly, and just search social media real quick. And be like, oh, this guy says he could kick Demetrius' ass. Why yeah. can one punch knock out this kid? No problem. Guess where we're traveling to, Demetrius? We're going to come and say hi. And just have the worst camera angle ever, Sean, where Demetrius still looks this big. And the other guy looks this big. And here's your mouth guards. Go ahead, tough guy. It'd be so oh, I mean, That's just one cheesy way of promoting him. But the guy is the greatest right now. I mean... Picking up people and catching them in submissions. I mean, what the hell? Two million dollars. I want to. Uh, Cody says that Ray, Cody Garbrandt says that training was rough coming off of the back injury, but won't make excuses. Um, isn't afraid of losing. This isn't the first time he lost. He lost an amateur fight. He got knocked out. I want to shout out James Lynch, one of our new signings at Fightful.com. I uh, like. On a damn near daily basis, I have somebody hit up my inbox. They're like, how do I get into covering MMA? What's it like covering MMA? What's it like covering pro wrestling? Uh, He's running a podcast called the MMA Industry Podcast on Fightful.com and FightfulPods.com. It's on our YouTube, Stitcher, iTunes, Player FM, all that good stuff, and YouTube and FightfulPods.com. You can download it absolutely free, as all of our shows are. The first edition had myself on it last week. We talk about wrestling. We talk about the places I've worked, how I got into it, how I sustained it, how I made it a full-time job. Uh, there's a lot of useful info there that I, d- I just don't have the time to type out. So uh, I highly recommend that. Every week he's going to talk to somebody in the industry about their experiences. This week he spoke to Aaron from TSN who gave him a look at what it was like covering UFC 217 week. Usually he's going to find about, find out about journeys, how people got there, but he saw this as a unique opportunity to show what what all goes into covering events at UFC 217. There are so many things, like there are a lot of people that think that I just fire up a camera and I'm on it a couple hours a week. There are so many little things that go into it from working from home, from working remotely. And then when you go there and you cover it live, like we had to send, like what, three or four people to cover UFC 210, Joe? Uh, I've been to a few UFC events. Well, there you go. But I mean, how many people? We had a there team were, there. We had there, like three yeah. people there. Yeah, to, to get our content. Mike like, Straw. Yeah, it was good. It was a fantastic time. But yeah, sorry, it was unbelievable. 
So definitely go check that out, the MMA Industry Podcast on Fightful.com. And tomorrow night I will be on, you know, I'm not watching The Walking Dead tomorrow night. I'm waiting until after, and I'm going to watch Impact Bound for Glory, which they have lost 30-some members of their roster this year. They have no more refs. I didn't know what's going to happen with the show. People can't get into Canada. They're not going to be on the show. Taya can't get there. Her match is canceled. What is it with Canada, Joe? Like, they just won't let us nice Americans in. I mean, I didn't have any problems. Uh, Which part of Canada are they trying to enter? Ottawa. That would be the country's capital. Ottawa and Montreal are the two regions of the country that are fairly difficult to get through. Toronto, come on in, kids. Vancouver, come on in, kids. Montreal and Ottawa, ooh, tad difficult. I will take a few questions. It's okay. We'll go a few minutes longer than usual just because this is a special night. So uh, I will take a couple questions. Um, Yeah, man, this this show was something special. This was... A night that, you know, it's going to go down in history, Joe. Three title – have there ever been three title changes in one night? Nope, first time. Because, I mean, sure. I know that they intentionally used to not book shows with three title fights after debacles like Strike Force Nashville. Yeah. That, well, that did, I mean, all... you and I basically stated we weren't going to come on the air till 3 a.m. We and... have made record time, Joe, yeah. because this show started at 1.05 a.m. Eastern Time. It is only 1.13 a.m. Eastern Time. It's been the longest, like, seven-minute show of my life. Right? Yeah. That just tripped me out because before you said that, I looked up at the, sc- at the top right of my screen. I'm like, 1.09 a.m.? Yeah. What the heck is it? What? What? Listen, man, daylight savings time. I'm voting for any presidential candidate who abolishes daylight savings time. I don't like it getting dark here at 4.45 in the afternoon. I got stuff to do, man. Yeah, 5 p.m. here. Yeah, same time. You're just kind of like, what? So TJ versus Cody rematch or TJ versus DJ, which should be next? TJ versus DJ. I'm, I'm with you there. I think DJ set the record. Let's do big fights. Connor versus anybody. GSP versus anybody. But, hey, if you threw that Anderson Silva fight in there, I wouldn't be mad. <laughs> uh, do it. Do it. Uh, was this the best pay-per-view of the year? I would think so. Because when I rank, like, when I do my – I do match ratings after every pay-per-view, Raw, and SmackDown. And what goes into that is the magnitude, the crowd, the feel, the environment. All that plays a role. And I think that does make this show the best of the year. There's no doubt in my mind. Go back and look at the very first fight. Walk yourself through up into the main event and tell me that this wasn't the best pay-per-view card of the year, the best card in general of the year. Fantastic. How quick, how quick can Joanna get a rematch? She is going to face a mandatory medical suspension after tonight. I would say April, late March, early April maybe, she could get a title shot. Went. I need to look at their schedule. Let me take a look at their schedule because that could tell us a lot. Their early 2018 schedule is January 14th in St. Louis, fight night. January 20th, UFC 220 in Boston. January 27th, fight night from Charlotte. Then we got Brazil on the 3rd of February. A pay-per-view in Australia on the 10th. 
Then we got Texas, Orlando, Vegas, London. So uh, yeah, that's that just goes until mid March. I would say late March, early April. Any chance of GSP versus Woodley? I don't think there is a chance. I mean, maybe a small chance. Yes, there is a small chance. Yeah. What else we got here? <laughs> Would you be ready to pay for a pay-per-view GSP versus Connor? Yeah, of course. I'd watch anything either one of those guys did. No ifs, ands, or buts. Because, uh, but my only question with that fight, though, uh, obviously, is you know, we saw what George looks like physically right now. Um, I'm pretty sure if that fight were to take place, it would be more than a money fight for George. It would have to be a 155-pound title fight for George. He would have to try and figure out to get down to 155, which would not be easy. Guys, follow me at Sean Ross at Follow us at Fightful Online. We also have individual Twitters for MMA and wrestling at Fightful MMA and Fightful Wrestle. We have a Facebook. Give it a like if you all don't mind. At Fightful Online, we're still a very young site, uh, just launched last year. Still need your help getting the word out. Uh, Stitcher, or not Stitcher. Well, if you want to leave us a nice review on Stitcher, that helps too. But Twitter, Facebook, Reddit, just make sure you follow individual community guidelines as you do so. Joe, I believe they can follow you at Showdown Joe. That is correct. Thank you guys so much for the support. A great post-show podcast. We love interacting with you. Head over to our forums. We do it all the time. Until next time, we're out.